Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. It's it up to McCaffrey. There he goes. It's a C-Mac attack. This is Desmond Johnson on the Believe and Carolina Panthers podcast here on the Believe Podcast Network the number one podcast network for professionals. Do you believe? If you enjoy the show, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. We're available in your favorite directories, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can also find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcast on Twitter. And welcome into a preview edition of the Carolina Panther, well, the Believe in Carolina Panthers podcast. I'm your host, Desmond Johnson, joined by Sports Illustrated beat writer Skylar Callahan and the Panthers' all-time leading rusher, Jonathan Stewart. You can listen or watch this uh, episode or any previous episode of the Believe in Panther podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. Any uh, major podcast platform you can find us on just search believe in carolina panthers or if you want to watch it you can actually go to youtube and search for tobacco road sports radio's channel uh the video is typically parked there uh a lot to get to today we'll get you in and out get you ready for panthers versus bucks uh this sunday one o'clock on fox uh, our first time seeing tom brady this year of course it's thursday and you guys know what that is when it's uh thursday here on the Believe in Carolina Panthers podcast, it's tell them why you're mad Thursday. Yeah, I'm going to tell you why we mad, son. I'm going to tell you why we mad, son. Where we basically give you uh, something that we saw this week. It's got to be football-related, not necessarily Panther-related, but more oftentimes than not this season, it's been Panther-related, where <laughs> we're, we're angry about something that's happened this week. Um, Stu, what's up, brother? Uh, got a little bit of a eventful week, I would say. Um, what's been going on in your life? <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, everybody understands and knows, um, you know, where, uh, where I was coming from with the Robbie Anderson, uh, stance. Um, you know, obviously I know Robbie's heart, um, was in the right place. That's one thing I think everybody can respect about Robbie. Um, you know, a guy that's passionate about the game, passionate about, um, you know, his abilities. And, you know, I think the Cardinals, you know, is an opportunity for him to go out there and, 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 and manage that, you know, um, I think they have a, you know, a way better quarterback situation. And I think, you know, that was consequential, um, to what really went down on this past Sunday. Um, you know, obviously the Carolina Panthers have been struggling in that department of delivering the football uh, to the receivers. And as a player, a former player, um, I understand those frustrations from, you know, you wanting to go out there and make these plays. And, and and you know, at the end of the day, too, a lot of guys don't – a lot of people don't understand receivers, tight ends, running backs, position, skill guys, you know, take a lot of, you know, heat for bad quarterback play sometimes. And because at the end of the day, it's kind of like everyone gets tired about gets, – gets tired or exhausted of talking about a specific player, so they go on to the next thing, right? And so it's the receivers. So let's, let's micromanage – you know, why, you know, the the passing game isn't working. 
when everybody knows why it's not working. It's because of quarterback play. And so I understand Robbie's heart and all of that. And I appreciate, you know, his willingness to try to, you know, call things out, you know, through his time being here and, and, and trying to figure out the answers. Um, I think he's a smart football player. And, you know, at the end of the day, I hope that he has success, you know, going forward with the Arizona Cardinals. Um, and I'll just leave it at that. I, I will say this, though, before we move off this whole Robbie situation, because Robbie's not here. Robbie's not a Panther anymore. So we're not going to devote a whole lot of time to a player that's no longer part of the active roster. But uh, I will say this. Let this be a lesson learned to anyone that reacts to something on social media without seeing the, the full context of whatever it was, because all this really happened because he reacted to a minute long clip that believe clipped out. And it was in context to a greater conversation that we were all having, which was basically you're getting paid a lot of money professionally, act professional, don't act unprofessionally on the sideline. That was really the gist of that part of that conversation. We were more taken aback by how he, how he acted towards his superior, his, his position coach. And not right. just once, but multiple times. And it was almost like he was trying to show him up without realizing he was showing him up on national TV. And it made uh, Stephen Ace uh, alluded to this on Monday. It made Steve Wilkes look bad. It made the program look bad. Yeah. It just made everything look like just disoriented. And it was something especially weird. for the especially for the root of it, right? I mean, right? You know, yeah, because we all know, knew as, why he was upset. Like, but you, you don't know, have you, to show yeah. it that way. That was really right. our thing. So my thing is to to all the fans cuz when I was going through this, I, I, I you pulled yourself out of it after it initially went down. You told us Monday night and I kind of knew what was about to happen when I woke up Tuesday morning. It was all over the place and uh I went to bat for you on a couple of these threads. Like I went I went in there yeah. arm swinging. <laughs> yeah, I better watch out for Desmond. I better watch like, out. Yeah, I, I don't deal with trolls very well on social media, so like I I'll go right after them and uh my main thing I realized that I was having to say was y'all need to go and maybe listen to the full conversation before you hop on and comment about this. Cause they were commenting about how Robbie was right. He wouldn't get in the football. We didn't disagree with that. That's not what we were even talking about. And that's kind mm -hmm. of my point. So people need to kind of, before you get on social media and start blasting people for having an opinion, make sure your opinion is fact-based. Like make sure your opinion is actually what you're arguing about. Cause a lot of times these people were in here arguing stuff that we weren't even talking about. So right. uh, we'll, we'll leave that there. Um, the last thing I, I have to say about the Robbie situation is that wasn't the reason why he was traded. They they were already interested in, in moving him yeah, right. prior to that, but that was more like the final straw. And yeah, you know, I thought about it too. He was a Matt Rule guy, also uh, played for Matt Rule at Temple. PJ Walker is a, a Matt Rule guy. He played for him at Temple too, if I'm not mistaken. So uh, the the Matt Rule guys that are on this roster probably need to keep their head on a swivel anyway, because I catch the vibe that they're kind of slowly but surely going to get rid of those guys that are here by association. And I don't even know how many people are left on the roster that got in that way. Uh, probably more the back half of the roster uh, spots that got filled in. Um, but we'll keep an eye on that. So before we get to tell them why you're mad Thursday and our Panthers versus Bucks preview, uh, a quick word from our sponsors at Bet Online. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all of your favorite sports, contests, and events with first to market odds and lines. Find reviews and news for every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. Bet Online continues to be the top online resource for all your sports information from live in game betting, props, and futures. Head to Bet Online today or use your mobile device to join today and make your first sports bet. Use the promo code BELIEVE, that's B L E A V, to receive your welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. And actually, where we start 
uh let's check in with skylar on an injury report um i know i'm kind of putting you on the spot skylar but uh i saw a video of baker mayfield running like a 40-yard dash down the uh the field yesterday and i was like what i thought he had a torn ligament in his ankle and i'm seeing uh sam darnold coming off of ir and starting this 21-day window or whatever that they call it uh Give us an update on Sam Darnold and Baker Mayfield's injury situation. They already named PJ Walker the starter for Sunday, but are they? Have you seen anything that make you think that uh, an O three Jake Delhomme situation might happen, where you know you got uh, Rodney Pete playing first half, uh, team looks flat, Jake comes in start of the second half, starts throwing darts all over the place. Do you? I don't even know how. <laughs> do you see that occurring in the situation? <laughs> with Sam Darnold or Baker Mayfield maybe getting some run in the second half? Are they that far along injury-wise, or uh, am I just not wanting to see P.J. Walker for two halves? Yeah, I think you just don't want to see P.J. Walker. For yeah, it might be. But... <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, with, with, with Baker, it's, it's a tough thing because we always know that Baker will play through pain, and he's done it a lot throughout his career, both in college and at the pro level. And Steve Wilkes kind of talked about it last week that when he worked out last Friday ahead of the game, that he was almost surprised by the the results of the MRI that came back because there was more damage in there than they expected. And when they saw him working out last Friday, they're like, they they wouldn't have even thought that that would have been the result of the MRI. So they're, they're kind of playing cautiously with him. And yes, he is moving around very good. They, they, it's just still too early, I, I would think, in the recovery stage to really throw him back out there in that situation because it, it only takes one little hit or one little twist of that ankle, and all of a sudden you're you're talking maybe out for the year. So, yeah, they, they want to keep it safe with him in regards to Sam. Um, you can still tell he's still trying to get that confidence back in, in that ankle, like. I, I can't really speak to it because I've never had an ankle injury. I've just heard a lot about them and that it's you, – you can't really even play on it. Even if you're 50, 60 percent, you can't really go out there and play on it if you don't trust it. And right now I think he's still trying to figure out how much trust and confidence he has in that ankle to actually hold up. Um, but I would say he's probably going to be back within the next couple of weeks. Um, obviously they have the 21-day window. So if he doesn't return in the next 21 days – then he'll be out for the remainder of the season. So I expect him back, obviously, within the next three weeks, but maybe within the next two. And thank you for explaining that, because I kept hearing 21-day window, but they never fully explained what it meant to for you to explain what that means to the, the audience is huge. Um, any other uh, injuries that we need to know about going into Sunday that are concerned? Uh, anybody – pull up the injury report here. But anybody comes to mind Frankie, that we need to know? Frankie Luvu, uh dealing with that shoulder injury, J.C. Horn. Um, he popped up earlier in the week too. I believe he, I think he had an ankle too. Um, but, uh, we just spoke to Al Holcomb, the defensive coordinator. He feels pretty optimistic about their, their chances. So if they're able to go out there, that's obviously huge. Um, cause you're going to need every bit of pass rush and every bit of secondary help when you go against Tom Brady. Um, and I will say for the other side, uh, the Tampa Bay injury list, um, there's some noticeable names on that, that missed practice, uh, on yesterday on Wednesday, Julio Jones has a knee issue. Uh, Akeem Hicks, the defensive lineman, has a foot issue. Tight end Cameron Brake has a neck issue. Uh, Shaq Mason, the starting right guard, he missed Wednesday's practice, uh, which is good for us because Tampa Bay's interior offensive line 
is a, a dumpster fire right now due to injuries. Uh, Sean Murphy Bunting, the cornerback, he has a quad injury. He didn't participate in practice on Wednesday either. Um, of course, Christian McCaffrey doesn't practice on Wednesdays, so he didn't uh, practice yesterday. But, of course, the Panthers have a few as well. Uh, it looks like I'm looking to see if uh, I can see they haven't ruled anybody officially out yet. So we'll uh, we'll keep an eye on that. I'm trying to see if there's yeah, anybody should, else that I missed on the list. Uh, we should have a, another injury report for the Panthers here within like the next hour or so. So okay. um, I'll, I'll have that out on our site and probably tweet it out too. And then guys like, you know, for us, guys like J.C. Horn, uh, he was limited in participation. Um, Pat Eflon didn't participate. Uh, of course, Mayfield. Uh, LaVisca Chenault still out the hamstring. He was limited. Uh, Dante with the ankle. So we'll, uh, we're coming to this game limping a little bit, but so is Tampa, to be honest. Uh, Tampa coming to this game three and three. Uh, I thought just from listening to if you listen to the talking heads, Tom Brady's having the worst year ever. Then I moved it over and looked at his stats, and uh, I don't know where people are getting this uh from, but Tom Brady is having a Tom Brady year. He's throwing, he's completing 67% of his passes, he's got 1,652 yards in six games, uh, eight touchdowns to one interception. He's got a 95.1 quarterback rating, so he's still Tom Brady. Uh, so let's just I stop. Mean, I, I will <laughs> say this to that point though. Like Tom Brady is Tom Brady, but I think a lot of his, you know, I, I think I read something like Leonard Leonard Fournette is his top targeted receiver. Yeah, he doesn't really have and, a lot of deep targets right now. Uh, and so I would, I mean, and and you know, Mike Evans is healthy. He's been playing the last several week, two weeks, I guess, off of that one game suspension, right? Or is it three weeks? I'm not sure. Uh, but yeah, but. I, I look at that as a uh, smoke sign <laughs> because because for whatever reason, he's not seeing the field like he used to, but he does understand the game. So if he's in trouble, you check it down, right? You look for your check down. He's he done knows his whole that. career, yeah. So, which is actually kind of a lesson to, you know, quarterbacks out there if you're in trouble check it down um but Especially i think we can great check down receiver <laughs> or yeah. slip, running back or somebody to check it down to just keep taking the easy money but i would i would think that you know whatever the effects are you know you hear you hear him talking about the offensive line you know the injuries that we know that there's injuries but they're actually not allowing a lot of pressures you know if you, statistically they're not they're they're not leading the league in pressures, you know, on court, on, on Tom Brady. I honestly think that he's been in his head a little bit and hopefully he's in his head this week because we're going to need that. Um, That'd be a good pickup if uh, we go to Florida and, and pull one out uh, yeah. versus Tampa, another a division game. We haven't had a division game since uh, we beat the saints. We're still one to know in the division. I know everyone's like, we're one in five. Let's tank the season. Let's not even show up on Sunday. Nah, that ain't what we're doing. You see the thing is right below. Keep pounding. That's kind of the whole mantra. Like, we got to keep fighting mm-hmm. through what's happening. It's still early in the, the season. I think the numbers don't always paint the full picture sometimes, too, because I think if you go back and look at a lot of those games where he may put up decent numbers, like, the offense is still struggling at, yes. at various points in the game, and it's it's almost too little too late sometimes. If you take the Kansas City Chiefs game out, it's a very middling offense. 
Well, yeah. I think they scored like 31 points that game. Every other game, I swear, I turn on the channel and they are struggling to move the ball, struggling to yeah. get first downs. Like it's it's not the same Tom Brady Buccaneer offense that you've seen in the last couple of years that that actually scares you to death. Where this year yeah. it's kind of like the the talent's there, but it's just not necessarily what it's been. Let's uh let's circle back around. Uh, we're going to finish up the episode with our our preview and our predictions for the game. Uh, our keys to the game: Panthers versus Tampa Bay, one o'clock p.m. kickoff on Fox this Sunday. Uh, but it's Thursday, guys, and on Thursday, what we do here at the Believe in Carolina Panthers podcast, a little something called "Tell them why you're mad." Yeah, I'm gonna tell you why we mad, son. I'm gonna tell you why we mad, son. Where we basically we've had a whole week to kind of simmer and stew and something, something that's been bothering us football related. It doesn't have to be Panther related. Although again, most times uh, this season in particular, one of us has had something Panther related <laughs> that's coming to this, uh, this segment here. Um, we'll go around the circle. Tell them why you're mad this week. Um, Skylar, I know you said you were kind of trying to figure out which one you wanted to use. So of course I'm going to start off with you uh, as you sit in the, 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 the basement of bank of America stadium, I believe. <laughs> Uh, what did you see this week that just got you hot and bothered? Yo, I'm going to tell you why we mad, son. I'm going to tell you why we mad, son. I could go a lot of different ways. Um, <laughs> I, I'm just going to go with with the Panthers, okay? We're going to go with Ben McAdoo. And I understand that you want to keep the game plan short and simple, as simplified as possible when you have a backup quarterback in the game. But this isn't P.J.'s first rodeo. Okay, and it's not that he's got a ton of experience under his belt, but he's played in games before where they threw the ball down the field and they won both those games. Again, I'm not saying you have to do that all game long, but the fact that they threw the ball beyond the line of scrimmage, I think like a handful of times, if that, I think he had one completion beyond the line of scrimmage. Yeah, that's like yards or something like that too. I mean – and I know we talked about it earlier this week, so I won't spend a whole lot of time on it. But, like, again, when you when you do it early on and you're catching the defense by surprise, okay, that's good and great. But at some point, that defense, Raheem Morris, he's good enough to understand, like, hey, we need to fix something. So they're going to play closer to the line. They're going to bring their safeties down. And they're going to make you beat them over the top. That's what they did. Ben McAdoo didn't adjust. And that's why he continued to see three and out after three and out after three and out. There's five consecutive three and outs in that game from the third drive of the game all the way into the third quarter. That can't happen. They just they and never adjusted. It felt like it felt like they did. It felt, it felt like uh, the Rams figured out what we were going to do and adjusted, and we're like, okay, it's your turn. And then we just never adjusted. We kept trying to do the same offense. Um, it was yeah, almost like, like that they were too. banking on the defense and the special teams, and then to hopefully you know, just have a a missed assignment somewhere on the defense to where Christian just breaks a big run. Yep. And you can't bank on that. You've got to be able to have a balanced offense. Like, I don't mm-hmm. care how good your run game is. You still got to be able to have the threat to throw the ball, especially downfield. Well, let me ask you this, because, Skylar, you're actually at the practices every week. Um, from what you've seen this week so far, what have you seen with P.J. in terms of do they do they have him throw it downfield in practice? Like I feel like I mean we've seen him multiple times in either coming into the end of games. He had started two games prior to the one on Sunday. I don't really remember him having an issue with his arm. Well, uh, you know it, it it was weird. It was weird on Sunday the game plan they had. I'd be shocked if they came out with that same game plan again. Well, what do you see in practice? 
Well, I mean, you may be surprised by this, but we don't get to see much. <laughs> uh, Stu, Stu may know this too. Um, like, we're out there for maybe 15. When Matt Rule was here, we were out there for 15 minutes. We watched stretches, a little bit of special team stuff now and then. And Wilkes has extended that to 30 minutes, but it's still not anything where you're really gaining information. They're not really, we're not getting to see them throw. Um, yeah. So it, it's nothing, to be honest with you, whatever I see on Sunday is the first time I'm seeing it just like y'all. So that's the I way can't it really should say be. That that's, right. Yeah. yeah. As soon as I said it out loud, I was like, well, you kind of don't want the media in there. <laughs> <laughs> going to have the media in there spreading out. Oh, they're going to yeah. be running reverses this week. They threw a lot of swing <laughs> passes this week. Hey, they're going to have that boot ready for your ass. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, man. I will say this. I will say this, though. Back in training camp, when we were there for the entire practice, they they would throw the ball down the field with P.J. So it's not like they don't trust him or don't believe in him. It's just kind of a a frame of thinking, I guess, really, Concerned. as for him smooth, being out there for the entire game rather than yeah. just getting reps in practice. And I'll say this, too. I think where Wilkes is coming from is he's realizing his defense is injured. They're wounded, right? So if we can run the ball. They can't stay can on the field the for ball, any snaps. If, 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 we can, if we can extend drives by running the clock, <laughs> literally, time and possession would be the defense's best friend. Right, which so, they did first quarter, first quarter, which they, they did beautifully. Because I mean, right. I was, yeah. I was round of applause, I was yeah. hyped. Well, I was like, man, this is beautiful. Yeah, I was like, dang, can we do a boot? It's all a little, little play action. Yeah, can we stop throwing it parallel to the line like every play? <laughs> we try but, to um, <laughs> but again, you know, I, I appreciate that they have stated that they have a game plan and that they're sticking with it, and that at least we can expect to see something going into a game. That was a bright spot for me after I got away from the game. I was like, well, at least I had an idea of what they were trying to do. Where yeah. the, the past couple of weeks, we had no idea what the game plan was in the middle right. of the game. So we at least got a flavor of, okay, they're trying to run the ball. They're trying to hold the clock, all that stuff. So if they can just expand that a little bit, throw a little play action in there, now's the time to run RPO, Ben McAdoo. Like, run mm-hmm. it now. Why you got P.J. Walker in there? Because he can do it, and he's actually a threat to run the football. If you really want to run it like that, yeah, RPO now, like it just makes sense. So I, I, I like Ben McAdoo. I think I had him a couple of weeks ago. I don't want to keep uh, hating on Ben. I will, but I don't want to keep uh, <laughs> keep hating on the man. Uh, Jay Stu, you got plenty of reasons to be uh, upset this week, but uh, you took it all in stride. Tell him why you're mad today, brother. Yeah, I'm gonna tell you why we mad. Son. I'm gonna tell you why we mad, son. Nah, man. So I'm mad at Bill Belichick. Oh, I'm never. It's, it's, it's more like I'm hating. <laughs> okay. that, that counts. This man mad? is. There's no way they should be three and three, but they I don't are. Understand what voodoo they're doing up there? Because I can't they, name. Can you name three Patriots players? I can't. I can't. <laughs> I can't. Right I can't now. Either. The top, off the top of my head, I can't. Maybe Stevenson or something. No, that's Lamb. That's okay. L.A. Rams running back. I know Mac Jones, quarterback. Mac Jones, Bailey Zappi. Oh, Bailey Zappi, the, the rookie. He was a rookie. Name some, name some guys. Keep naming. We're them. Trying to, can oh, we man. name? Can we name five pa- Patriots? Matthew Judon is he still? Ah uh, man, who? I don't even know. <laughs> man, Judo, Jiu-Jitsu? Matthew Judon. Judon. Oh. What position okay. is he? Really, he's got a bunch of just 
he just he, but they but ah. I'm telling you, man. But I'm mad because they're three and three <laughs> on our Panther roster. We have way more players than they do, yep. and for whatever reason, I mean, they got quarterback issues too, but they making it go, and I'm upset about that. So they, I'm hating on I'm hating on the Patriots right now, and that's why I'm mad because Bill Belichick is clearly. Um, a great coach, and he's proving it to us every year of why he is a goat. And I, I'll, you'll, you'll never see me walk you off the ledge when it comes to hating on the Patriots. Like that, just yeah. I'll stand there with you proudly <laughs> <laughs> because I, I, I I'm with you because I'm like, dang, this situation would be well for starters. Matt Rule will probably still be here, but this situation would be completely different if we. I just went two and two in those first four games. You know, yeah. like. The fact that they, three of the first four were home games, I think, yeah. really sticks out the most to me because now it's like, okay, we just got a bunch of road games coming up here against yeah. teams that are struggling too, but uh, they're not struggling the same way we are. Um, yeah, it feels like half the fan base understands what's going on, and the other half feels like we should just tank the season and trade away all of our players. And I'm just like, no, I don't understand that that logic. Like, yeah, like why are we trading away players? Like, why is half the league after our players when uh, apparently we don't have any? Um, that's something that's been bothering me. I think I think uh, Skylar had a phone call, so he'll he'll be back on here in just a bit. Um, oh, yeah. I'll uh, for me. Yeah, I'm gonna tell you why we mad. I'm gonna tell you why we mad. I'm kind of mad at Sam Darnold. I, I'm 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 mad at Sam Darnold right now because him coming back into this situation has given me renewed hope that maybe something could be salvaged <laughs> from this year where yeah. I was ready to throw Sam away with the garbage, like last, you know, beginning of the off season. So for him, the garbage. Like, yeah, man. He, he terrible, just, man. He looked awful, like awful. Yeah. Like when he came back in and I was just like, I mean, I was going to get Baker Mayfield a shot and I was excited about it because of the play of Sam Darnold. The fact that now we're down to PJ Walker and Jacob Eason at quarterback, it makes Sam Darnold look better by default, and I hate that. I hate the fact that I'm having to look back at Sam Darnold again and go, well, maybe Sam come in and rattle off a couple of wins. Because I do remember when Sam, Sam did look good the first three weeks of the season to me last year, but that's because he had a healthy Christian McCaffrey. He's mm-hmm. got a healthy Christian McCaffrey right now and a much better offensive line than he had last year where he didn't. he only got maybe like two seconds plus to even get set to throw the ball put Sam behind that. So you really so you really mad that there's an opportunity where you where 90% of Panther Nation could be proven wrong. Yeah. About yeah, Sam pretty Darnold. much. I mean yeah. everybody, like yeah. all of us, like we'll all just be like, "Oh, well he did oh, that." That world did understand what was going on, but it just yeah. I'm worried and <laughs> not worried. I do want us to win football games. Of course, I don't want us to go you know, one in 16 or whatever. Like that's not a good situation to be in when you're doing a, a podcast on the team twice a week. I, I, I want them to be successful. I want them to figure it out. I'm curious to see how Sam and Baker are now that, uh, now that Wilkes is the, the head coach. And I'm wondering if he'll allow them to kind of loosen up a bit in terms of the, the offensive playbook once those guys are in there. Cause they took the majority of, well, they took all the first string steps uh, in, in training camp and preseason. So it looks like Sam might be back maybe before Baker. Uh, mm-hmm. I actually would be shocked. I would not be shocked if Sam 
is named the starter for next week uh, yeah. at this rate. So he's kind of uh, he's kind of made me frustrated that I'm having to depend on Sam Darnold to save my season. <laughs> like if he becomes the savior of the 2022 Carolina Panthers season, it's going to be one of those things where none of us are going to forget where we were when Sam Darnold came in and threw four touchdowns against the the Falcons or whatever it might be. Um, right. So we'll, we'll see what happens with that, but that's kind of my, my tell them why you're mad for the moment here. Um, I was waiting on, well, Skylar was in the basement of Bank of America Stadium. Usually yeah, when he yeah. drops off like that, it's a phone call that came through. Uh, yeah, because the service there is is pretty good. So I can only imagine um, you must be busy getting calls. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's in the middle of the day. The Hornets have started, too, and he's the beat writer for the Charlotte Hornets as well. And um, the Hornets were a huge win last night. Biggest uh, season opening win in franchise history. Yeah, I yeah. saw a lot of people writing them off. Charlotte yeah, fans sh- got to calm down. <laughs> Charlotte yeah, fans sh- need to chill a bit. Yeah, shout out to my boy Gordon, man. He went off last night. He had a good game. Yeah, Lamelo didn't even play last night. He's got the hurt yeah. ankle. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just—I saw a bunch of people writing off these Panthers before. I mean, not the Panthers, the uh, the Hornets before they even got on the court. And I'm like, people are like, is Charlotte the worst sports city in America and all this other stuff? And I'm like, let them play. Yeah. <laughs> let them play games. Play legit. Yeah, like, man. Team is uh, specu- <laughs> speculation, man. Speculation. Man, so I just got a message. We got a message from Skylar. Yo, Stu jinx me. My internet isn't working. Running to the other side. Ah. Try to get back on. <laughs> so I could picture Skylar just go running, outside, like, just running around, around the Run thing outside. and stadium to try to get there. Um, while he's doing that, let's get over to uh, the preview: Panthers versus Bucks uh, this Sunday. Um, a couple of facts to know. Carolina's 24-19 all-time against the Bucs. Uh, currently right now, Tampa has a four-game win streak against Carolina. The last time Carolina uh, – Carolina's last home win against Tampa came in November of 2018. I'm sorry. Oh. I kept saying this was supposed to be a uh, a road game. It's not. It's actually – they're game. at home. Yeah, they're at home uh, this Sunday at 1 p.m. Uh, Panthers are 1-5. The Bucs are 3-3. Three three. Uh, their last home win against Tampa came in November of 2018. Uh, general manager Jason Lick from the Buccaneers was previously a scout for the Panthers in '98. When we start looking at the stats, though, Tampa we're dead we're dead last in the league in total yards per game um, for offense. Tampa is only averaging 332 yards per game. That's 21st in the league, so they're they're middling there. Um, the they have allowed 264 yards in the past game. Only they're they're allowing. 67.5 or excuse me no they're they're rushing for 67 and a half yards a game that's dead last in the league do you right. think that's something we can exploit uh Stu? uh the fact that the, the bucks can't run the football because it feels like the ones that have really beaten us with time of possession have been ones like the browns the giants that have been able at some point in the game run the football and keep it away from us do you think the the lack of being able to run the football with tampa might be something we can exploit I most definitely think it is something we can exploit because clearly, like I said earlier, um, you know, pass protection hasn't been an issue um, for them. And I don't know if it's because the quarterback play of Tom getting the ball out quick or whatnot. Um, But I do know that if you can stop the run, um, it makes it hard, you know, on the quarterback and the offensive coordinator um, to really get plays going, you know, down the field and, you know, the more opportunities you can get three and outs, the more opportunities our offense gets. I know that. So 
I would love to see us um, attack their running game. You know, what you have to do is you have to make sure you get a guy like Leonard Fournette. Um, you have to get to him before he gets going. Um, obviously, he's a he's a talented runner, knows how to make guys miss in the backfield. So you're going to have to come in and, again, wrap up fundamentals. You're not going to come in there and knock him over. You got to wrap up and make the tackle. Um, and, and I just think that, you know, we can we've we've managed to have games where we have shown that we can stop the run. And so I think that's a game. This is a game where we can go in and and and, and be physical, have the protect this house mentality. Um, you're back home. You went on a away game, so you're back home. This is a division game. You got to take it personal. Um, you know, if there's guys that are young playing this game, um, I need you to just step your game up on defense. You know, on offense, Christian McCaffrey. I mean, yeah, they're. <laughs> Their run defense, Tampa's run defense is pretty stout. Yeah. Um, they're pretty stingy in that department. But because we have Christian McCaffrey, you know, we're we're not like the average running team. So I still think you lean you lean heavy on the run. Um you you take things that you did last week with, you know, the game plan and you add it to this one and and you just find the perfect balance that's needed for this team to excel and um to play complimentary football. Uh, I definitely think keeping the ball away from Tom Brady is what we need to have in the back of our brands as we're going into this game. The 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 uh, Bucks are only averaging like 20 points per game. Uh, we're averaging 17.2. Uh, third down efficiency, they're at 37%. We're at 23%. Uh, they, they have protected Tom fairly well. They've only allowed nine sacks. But me knowing Tom Brady in the back of my head, Tom likes to get the ball out like within like two seconds of having it in his hands. He, he's not going to sit there and wait and wait and wait. He don't really yeah. do the long drawn out routes or whatever, uh, and that keeps him clean. So I, I understand the logic there. Uh, it's going to be a lot of quick routes, slants, things like that. He'll he'll take a sh- he'll take his shots, and he still has the arm for it. But he understands the offensive line he has in front of him. Uh, hell, he was yelling at him on the sideline Sunday. So <laughs> we'll uh, <laughs> we'll see how that plays out. I do think it's a good matchup with our defense against uh, the Tampa offense, there are some things I think we can exploit. And I'd love to see uh, Coach uh, Holcomb draw up some blitzes, draw up some 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 safety blitzes or something to keep Tom guessing on where the pressure is going to come from. Because if I had to say uh, Tom Brady is the, the one uh, quarterback that I despise the most in all of the NFL, like for my life, because, A, he beat my Panthers in a Super Bowl. And I've carried that since tw- uh, 2003, 2004, when they played that game. And he just he tends to win games he's not supposed to win, I guess, or not supposed mm-hmm. to win, but he wins games where you go into it like this is a toss up or uh, it's not going to it's not going to go the way we think. And then Tom goes in and just plays like a, a clean game from the pocket. For me, I've always said when you play Tom Brady, you have to get him out of the box like him and Peyton Manning were the greatest to me and operating in this like two foot by two foot box behind the line of scrimmage. You didn't really see them bootleg out. They stay right there. If you can get them out that box, uh, think of the Giants, the two times they played them in the Super Bowl. They were harassing him with a four-man front the whole game and making him get out that box, like making him have to move around. Same with, uh, hell, with us in 2015 against the Broncos with Peyton. If we had won that Super Bowl, that defense would have went down with the, I think, the lowest amount of yards allowed in a Super Bowl game or something to that effect. And they were making – Peyton had an awful game (laughs) in that game. Yeah. 
they were making him run, like move around or whatever, because he couldn't stay in his box. They like to stay there. Statue. They have, yeah, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta take away that clock in their head. You know, like the good right. quarterbacks have that clock. You know, you know, one, two, three. I'm releasing the ball. Four. Mm-hmm. You know, that's kind of like that. It's like one, two, <laughs> boop, two. Oh, that first reads open. Okay. Yeah, oh, boom. there it is. I don't even gotta look at the rest of them. And honest, <laughs> you probably don't trust a lot of them at this point, too. I think Mike Evans is back. Um, but yeah, I can't. Uh, who do they have? They have a. Uh, What's that kid's name? My mind just went blank. They've got some stuff out there, but their stats don't show that they're actually really pushing it down the field. Uh, I know Panther fans are feeling kind of down right now. I will give you a couple of bright spots here. I'm hoping that Skyler can get back in here uh, before we get out. Uh, and Skyler, we'll if you hear us, please. Uh... Yeah, come on home, man. Where you at? You uh, disappeared. <laughs> uh, week six, Christian McCaffrey had uh, 158 of the team's 212 scrimmage yards versus the Rams. Uh, he has 670 scrimmage yards this season. That ranks fourth in the entire NFL. Uh, and that, and keep in mind, that's what the first two weeks or so, them not really even including him in the game plan. So this has really happened over the past, like, two or three weeks. Uh, the Panthers scored their NFL best third defensive touchdown of the season last week when Dante Jackson took that interception back for the pick six. The franchise record for the Panthers for defensive TDs is four. And that was set in 2013 and 2015. And if you recall, both of those years, if I'm not mistaken, we won the division title. Um, so keep that in mind. I don't know what that means for us going forward. but uh, You know what that means. <laughs> I wasn't going to say nothing out loud. It ain't, it ain't far away, everybody. <laughs> Derek Brown has had a career-high seven tackles last week and a half sack against the Oh, Rams. man, let's, let's give Derek Brown some, some love right now, he, man. He leads all defensive linemen in the league with six passes defended. Uh, his PFF grade is 89.9 and ranks fourth among all qualified defensive tackles. Derek Brown is doing his thing right yeah. now. Guys uh, guys like that playing at that level is what we need. I mean, whatever he's been eating, whatever he's been eating in the morning, please eat that. I don't know yeah. if you eat your Wheaties, donuts, steak and eggs, <laughs> whatever it is. Keep doing it, my brother, because you out there balling, Derek. And you, I if mean, you're a defensive tackle, when we're talking about you, that means you're really doing something because yeah, they don't yeah. never get any kind of credibility for any. I mean, you got your, your Warren Saps and guys like that, Aaron Donald, uh, for instance. Yeah. But Aaron Donald gets mentioned because you need like three dudes to guard this guy legit sometimes. Right. And uh, Derek Brown, mm-hmm. I've seen film of him when he was at Auburn, and or, or yeah, when he was at Auburn, Alabama, threw three guys at him to try to guard him because he they mm-hmm. couldn't deal with him. And we didn't really hear a lot about him last year. Uh, but now maybe they're yeah. putting him in some situations where he can really be used uh, effectively. Um, some things to keep an eye on, Panther fans, as we go into this uh, game. DJ Moore needs four receptions to pass Wesley Walls uh, for fifth most in franchise history. Uh, McCaffrey needs one scrimmage touchdown to break a tie with Moose Muhammad and move into fifth place in uh, Panthers history. Um, That's insane. He's that got that crazy. many touchdowns already in his young career. He missed basically <laughs> two years, <laughs> you know, yeah. and, he, and he's right there at it. Uh, Burns, he's three sacks to Taquan short for seventh in franchise history. Um, Dante Jackson needs one more interception. He's got 13. He'll tie Doug Evans and Richard Marshall for fifth in franchise history. So oh, a couple wow. of things there. Uh, some of the guys on this team, they got some stuff that they can uh, deal with. Our special teams unit has been playing well. They're ranked fourth in the entire league with a 91.1 grade. Uh, they've blocked two field goals. Uh, that ranks fourth. Uh, in the league uh, with field goal made percentage. 
there's some bright spots on this team. They're not that far away. And we've talked about uh, why the there's two there's two conversations going on. A, the Panthers need to bottom out. They need to just trade all these players while they can get some value for them. And then there's the B of, you know, uh, this team it doesn't have any players. That's why they're losing football games. It can't be both. It can't be we got all these players that the league is circling around like vultures that they want to get. And then uh, at the same time, we're not good enough to win football games because we don't have good players. Like those two things, that dog don't hunt, basically. Like it just don't fit together. That uh, dog don't hunt. Boy, you so country. This idea, this Christian McCaffrey to the Bills thing that keeps going around, the trade deadline is in 10 days or 11 days. It's uh, November the 1st. Do you honestly even see them trading Christian McCaffrey this year? I honestly hope not. Um, you know, obviously, I understand the nature of this business very well. I understand the nature of um, his value. And I understand why, you know, if you were not emotionally attached to this situation, you can say, yeah, this makes sense. but. I really hope that they don't. I think Christian McCaffrey's value is best in a Carolina Panther uniform. Um, because if you just add a couple more pieces to the puzzle, um, you have a team that that can be a playoff-oriented team. And, you know, you have a defense when healthy um, is practically stacked. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, so – especially with the play of, of recent, you know, with Derek Brown um, being effective, you know, in, in between the tackles. And then you got Brian Burns on the edge. You know, I think Frankie Luvu being healthy um, just adds a whole nother dimension to what we can do on defense. So I don't know, man. I just I, – I really, you know, would love to see uh, Christian um, stay here in Carolina. So, you know, that's where, you know, I'm going to bed thinking about you know, is hey, my guy staying in in the black and blue. It doesn't it doesn't make sense to me to trade off your best player in the middle of the season when you're not getting blown out. You're losing games because of clock management or execution or, or something to that effect. And for the most, you know, granted, take yes, uh, take last week's loss away because I got away with this in the end. But for the most part, the Panthers are losing one possession games, and to me, that's just. That getting over the hump that Matt Roll used to say all the time at the end of the day, we got to get over the hump like that. That whole thing, I don't feel like we need to trade anyone really on the roster to to try to. I don't know this this mythical idea that multiple draft picks are going to make us better. Like I think we've been drafting yeah. for the past two years. Like I think when if, if you look at the beginning of the season, everyone was healthy. Everything came down to execution. It's all going to be execution. You can have all the players in the world, but if you don't have execution, um, like then you're really, you know, shooting yourselves in the foot. You know, if if you're not um, playing free or you're overthinking as a player, um, if you're not, you know, putting guys in the best positions, you know, to excel and not understanding your personnel, you know, those things are shooting yourself in the foot. So, execution on the player's behalf execution on you know you know the coordinating behalf is is 
pivotal to winning football games. Execution, execution, execution. Let me, I think we have Skyler back. Um, Skyler, can you hear us? This, well, your mic's muted. There you go. Can you hear us? Yeah, I can hear you. Can you hear me? There you go. Yeah, yeah, we got you. We got you. Oh, so hey. I, don't know. I think the camera's making it go weird. I don't know. Yeah, it could be pulling uh, a little bit more uh, bandwidth with that camera on. Uh, no worries. Got a, you must got a Samsung or something. <laughs> <laughs> My fiance was just giving me crap about this the other day. She's like, man, you got an iPhone 10. You're like, Jet, you need you need to upgrade. Like, oh yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> Apple don't yeah. Apple don't play with you, boy. Apple trying to tell you it's time for you to upgrade. You know what? There is probably somebody sitting in Cupertino at Apple, like <laughs> with a knob, like, oh, Skyler thinks he's gonna get on. Oh, okay, let's do this. Let's turn the yeah. bandwidth down real quick so you can go get that iPhone 15 finally or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, um, <laughs> Skyler, what? Uh, <laughs> before we do our predictions, real quick. Uh, the whole bu- buzz about Christian McCaffrey's been building. Uh, Stu just gave his opinion about whether or not the Panthers would trade him or not. What, do you catch the vibe being around the building that McCaffrey's actually for sale? That they're actually actively trying to trade him, um, or this whole idea if the right deal comes along that they would trade him? Because to me, I look at it like I don't think they're wanting to trade him at all. I think they're just kind of answering the question. But what are your thoughts? I think it's more of the latter, where they're just they're listening to just about anything. We, we know Scott Fitter's background. He's not going to ever just, you know, put someone on block or something, like when someone calls. Like, he's going to answer every call. He's going to listen to everything and hear what every GM has to say. Um, but that doesn't mean that they're going to trade him. And I don't think that they are wanting to trade him. But if the radio comes along to get overwhelmed, I mean, hey, I mean, this is a, a running back that has had trouble staying healthy over the last two years. You paid him a bunch of money, and this year he's finally staying healthy. So, I mean, teams are going to show interest. They might get a little bit um, – they, they may be willing to, to give something up that they weren't willing to give up a year ago. So, I don't know. But I, I highly doubt that they would want to, to move on from Christian McCaffrey. I don't think that's their plan. And I don't see why they would want to do that, especially because, like I said earlier in the week, too, whatever head coach is going to come in here, the job has to be attractive. And Mm -hmm. if you trade away Christian McCaffrey, if you trade away anybody else, this job is not attractive at all. So I don't think that any coach wants to come in here and build this thing completely from the ground up again when you already have some key pieces that you can start building around right away. Which we talked about last week. It's, you know, my whole foundation of a house thing where it's like yeah. the foundation is there. Like we just yeah. need to dock off what they messed up on top of the foundation and just rebuild. But we've got dude, all those names I just mentioned from Derek Brown to uh, DJ Moore to yep. Christian McCaffrey. And, and I kept hearing this notion that, well, Christian McCaffrey's 26 and he's he's going to be at the end of his prime here soon, so now's the time you're supposed to trade him. No, no now's the time you're supposed to use him. That's why we paid him. You're supposed to use him now <laughs> while he's in his prime. Plus, yes, he's 26, and maybe, Stu, maybe you could respond. To My prime story. years were 27 and 28. I'll Thank put you. it like that. At most in running my... backs, I think 28, 29 is when you really, like, yeah. it starts, the game is slower. It really slowed down. When, yeah. Know, the year that we went to the Super Bowl, everything was, like, slow, slow, slow motion. See things better. And yeah. like, let me let me ask you this, too, um, because he, this whole thing about, well, he's 26 years old, blah, blah, blah. He missed, basically, most of the past two years due to So, injury. really, he's 24. That's my question to you. Because <laughs> you, had, you had a couple seasons where you missed some chunks of, of games mm-hmm. because of injury. Did you feel like more rejuvenated when you got back because you weren't taking all those licks in those games? Like, do you feel like it added on to your career? 
Uh, definitely. I mean, you know, as a running back, the, the carries you get, you know, it's it's obviously wear and tear on your body, wear and tear on your on on your lower half of your body. Um, but I just think about guys that have shoulder injuries, back injuries, neck injuries, the things of those nature. Um, Christian for two years didn't have to receive any of that impact. Um, so for me, I had plenty of games that I've missed where I didn't have to endure that impact, which obviously helps with my, my healing process, which I actually helps with, you know, what my body can actually, you know, take, you know, it's one thing you have a shoulder injury one year, you get hit in the shoulder for the next five years. (laughs) Like that's where, and that's what you call wear and tear. Now, having ankle injuries, toe injuries, Achilles, and all those types of things, foot, you know, those are things that you can manage um, if if done correctly. And, you know, those are freak accidents. Those aren't things that, you know, oh, because you are running so much, that's why you got hurt. You know what I'm saying? Those are freak accidents that happen. So um, the wear and tear, you know, I mean, I think at the end of the day, the years that I didn't play fully, you know, that's the reason why I was able to play 11 years. Um, I just wanted because, to just say something to that effect. Cause I, I, it's almost like people think he played those past two years and yeah. that the, there's mileage on the, on the tires is what I keep hearing. I'm like, right. He played 10 games in the past two years and we're seeing yeah. it now. <laughs> like when he touches the ball now, he looks like he did three years ago. Like he still got the burst. Yeah, the the burst. I tell you this, that burst when he turned that corner last week on that when he oh, caught that yes. little that little yeah. check down. Well, mm-hmm. I felt like my hamstring about to fall off. Watch him <laughs> run. <laughs> you see it a lot. I see it He's a lot in high so school. Fast. Like it's like sometimes in high school football, you'll have the teams that are like have just more talent than the team they're playing yeah. against, right? Yeah, and you'll see it a lot, like especially if you're in the bleachers, where that quarterback or that running back. When they they or that wide receiver that's just gifted, when they hit that corner and you can yeah. kind of see them separate from everybody else, that's yeah. what McCaffrey does. McCaffrey yeah. does that. Christian's doing Christian's doing that type of thing at the professional level, yeah. right? The Wobble degrees, the not just one degree, but the degrees of separation when he has the ball in his hand, the way he picks him up and puts him down. Pa, 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 Boy, yeah. he'd be out, out of there, man. He'll so I don't want your shoulder too. He laid down. People the really, people are really like saying he's in his prime. He's past his prime. What in the heck is wrong with y'all? Y'all just ain't got even, nothing else to talk about. I must not be his prime. I think he he's hasn't not. Even got his he's peak yet. He has. I don't even think he's touched his peak. Uh-uh, he ain't like, even. He, if he's man, if he's if he's climbing if he's climbing Mount St. Helens, if y'all don't know what Mount St. Helens is, it's in Washington. He is probably like one third of the way up. I'd agree. I'd agree. Get this man a competent quarterback and a guy that can pl- call plays. And he, I mean, he already did the thousand, the double thousand yard year three years ago. He's the third running back in history to have a thousand yards receiving and rushing in the same season. And that's yeah. with Roger Craig and Marshall Falk. Like right. you want to talk about like legendary running backs and he's there. He's, he's at that level now. He was yeah. basically a top three player. Like when he got hurt in twenty. 19 or whatever or whatever or 2020 when he got hurt that year he was on the way to being a top five perennial player in the league not just running back but player like every team wants this guy so let's back off the whole 
let's trade McCaffrey for a second round pick and get something while we can thing. That's that's playing scared to me. Let's let's go and win some football games. Uh, real quick before we get out of here, prediction time. Uh, Skyler, you've been around the team all week. You've heard Wilkes talk. You've heard some of the players talk. Uh, based on the vibes you're catching from them, what's your prediction for this football game? Because you've been picking against the Panthers for the past couple of weeks now. You've been right, <laughs> but you've been picking against the Panthers the past couple of weeks. What uh, what say you, man? What do you? How do you feel about this game? They're back at home at BOA, one o'clock kickoff on Sunday. Who would you pick uh, to win this matchup, and why? Panthers versus Bucks. So, do y'all want me to continue to be right, or just <laughs> or go with? Go with what you feel, man. Go with your heart. Like, what do you right, think deep so, down inside? Like, you know, I, I, just, I just don't think we're going to see much change from last week's game plan. And the only reason I say that is because of what I just heard from Ben McAdoo no longer than an hour ago and from what we heard yesterday from Steve Wilkes. It doesn't seem like the offense is really going to look much different. And that, to me, is concerning. So, with that front seven – I, I, that Tampa Bay has, that's that's a tough opponent to go against. And you may be working in a new starting center, Bradley Bozeman. Pat Elfine's dealing with a hip injury, so we'll see what happens there. Um, I don't know. this. It, I, I just don't – I don't have the confidence um, to, to pick the Panthers this week. So I'm going to go 19, 13 Buccaneers. But I promise you, I, I do have a win coming up here soon. Well, that's, that's good. Um, <laughs> Stu, your uh, your assessment here, Panthers versus Bucks. The teams kind of match up similarly. The Panthers haven't really came across a juggernaut on the schedule. Uh, they just found different variety of ways to lose these football games. What do you think going into this one? It's a home game. It's a 1 o'clock kick. We usually do well at 1 o'clock kickoffs. Panthers, Bucks, Sunday. What, do you what are your thoughts? Ah, my gosh. <laughs> That tells you where he's going. <laughs> yeah, I know you don't want to say it, but hey. <laughs> <laughs> At least that we know what is. I'm going to start this off. I'm going to start. So, so right. you know, before the season started, ladies and gentlemen, you know, I was really talking trash about the Buccaneers and Tom Brady. Um, I'm still I'm still a believer of the Carolina Panthers. I just want to let y'all know. Um, If I was a betting man, which I'm not. You know, I would I would bet on the Buccaneers to win this game, twenty-seven to thirteen. Good lord, twenty-seven! They're gonna drop twenty-seven on us too. I just feel like Tom Brady right now is at home. He doesn't have any plans this week. He's not going into he's not going to any weddings. Um, things are settled at home. I think he's had an opportunity to really just kind of soak in to be the Tampa Bay Buccaneers quarterback this week. And oh. this is a game where he might feel led to, you know, make a statement. It's a division game. He knows it's a division game. And that's the reason why I'm saying the Buccaneers might pull this out 27-13. But in my heart, but in my heart, but in my heart, I really, 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 really hope that this game plan resonates with the Carolina Panthers of who they are to the core. Um, I'm a, and just somehow pulls out with a win, but yeah, betting man says the Buccaneers 27-13. I'm going to uh, I think it's going to be a low scoring game because I think both defenses will be the stars of this game. Uh, the Panther defense and the Tampa defense in particular. Tampa does very well with run. 
defense, but I think they've always had issues with McCaffrey, if I'm not mistaken, uh, just like in the screen game and uh, that sort of thing. I think we need special teams in this game. I think they're going to be huge in this, whether it's field goals, uh, good field position, that kind of thing. It's going to be a field position type of game. I don't think either quarterback is going to really take shots down the field. Uh, I do like the fact that Tampa can't seem to run the football. Uh, and I don't know if that's because of their offensive line issues or Leonard Fournette or whatever that might be. But having said all that, I think if they let PJ open up a little bit more than what they had him doing, and not a lot, you to put 20, 30 yard bombs in here for him, just put some play action in there, some RPO, mix it up a little bit so that the, the defense can be on. I mean, you can keep them honest. Like that's what we did not do against the Rams. And I hope they learned that lesson from last week. If they change the game plan up enough to let PJ shine a little bit more, um, I'm going to actually, I'm going to pick the Panthers 17 to 10. I think that the defense, and we're going to get a defensive score somewhere in this game. So it's going to be a low scoring affair. Like it was past couple of weeks. Defense is going to come to play. Uh, they're going to make things happen. Special teams is going to be involved in this. And PJ just simply needs to manage the game, but they need to give him some more tools to be able to manage it more effectively than just throw left, throw right, hand off to Christian McCaffrey. Like that can't be the offense next or on Sunday. And I don't think it will be. Uh, if it is, then I already know who I'm going to be mad at next week, and it's going to probably be Ben McAdoo. Yeah, I'm going to tell you why we mad, I'm going to tell you why we mad, uh, I'll just get in there early because we come out here and play the same high school offense we did last Sunday. I have no one to blame but Ben McAdoo, and to an extent, Steve Wilkes for letting him do it. Like, we we can't run that high school. You know school what, Desmond? Offense. You know what, Desmond? I love your energy. Forget <laughs> what I was just saying. I'm not a betting man. You know what? I mean, I'm not a betting man. So if I'm not a betting man, I'm not going with the Buccaneers. Yeah, yeah. I love I'm, it. Yeah. I'm, I'm keep pounding, man. That's yeah, what I am. Yeah. 1710, man. Yes. Come on, Steve. Ben McAdoo, come with it now. <laughs> come on, dog. You're a betting man. You're a betting man. <laughs> come on, man. We gotta we gotta get out of here. Um, new episodes every Monday and Thursday during the NFL season. If you want to catch us, the video is always on uh Tobacco Road Sports Radio's Facebook watch and Tobacco Road Sports Radio's YouTube channel. Subscribe there. Thanks to everybody that's found us over the past two weeks uh, for that. The audio version will be up shortly uh, through the Believe Podcast Network, and that's available on all major podcast formats, Spotify, Google, iTunes, Stitcher, Luminary. Uh, just search for Believe in Carolina Panthers. You'll find us there. Uh, Panthers at home, Bank of America Stadium, 1 p.m. Sunday versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, we'll see if uh, Panthers can get off of the uh, – Loss uh, train one and five going into it. They need to win one and zero in the division, so it's an important game for both teams. Tampa coming in struggling too. They just lost to Pittsburgh and rookie Kenny Pickett last week. So let's see what happens here. But we're gonna go seventeen ten Panthers. Uh, Skyler's gonna pick the Panthers to lose again. So we'll uh, we'll see who's yeah. right. Skyler's been right like, like four weeks. He's been right. So um, for Skyler Callahan and Jonathan Stewart, I'm Desmond Johnson. You've been watching and listening to the Carolina Panthers of the Believe in Carolina Panthers podcast on the uh, Believe Podcast Network, brought to you by Bet Online. Keep handing. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. 
And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.